This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network loyalists, welcome to the newest episode of your home for everything modern day wrestling, Place to Be Nation's main event, the old standard. I am your tri-host, Scott Criscola, episode 197, three episodes away from two bills. This is the Leroy Glover episode, or the Simeon Rice episode, or the Dan Saliamua episode. I'm keeping two particular guys out that I know the most were number 97. But uh, let me bring in uh, the rest of my amazing uh, triumvirate tonight. This gentleman is the uh, purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, I can almost guarantee that unless they had a bunch of retired numbers at his high school, that this guy was not a tight end or a tailback. Uh, Number 97 in your hearts had to have been uh, a defensive tackle godfather, Nate Milton. Yes, Scott. Uh, first of all, welcome everyone to the Broderick Thomas episode. Uh, yes, the, the great, uh, the pride, if you will, uh, <laughs> of Truman State <laughs> University and the Boston <laughs> Celtics. <laughs> wow! Oh God, we have a- the only oh. NBA player to ever wear ninety-seven. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, two uh, linemen that I could particularly think of that I held back on. Uh, our third guest maybe can remember one from his team because he kind of I think he roots for the same team as Steve Willie does. Uh, the two ninety sevens I know, Bryant Young, who had a pretty good who Notre Dame alum and had a pretty good career with the 49ers. And uh, the big one, great player, went to Alabama, had a fantastic career with the Buffalo Bills and sadly did not win a ring. And that was Cornelius Bennett. Uh, that's probably he's probably the best. Now. Uh, Simeon Rice is probably up there. I would say Simi, Bryant Young, Simeon Rice, and Cornelius Bennett are probably the three best 97s of all time. But let me ask the third member of our team, the Sheriff, Pete Schermacher. Pete, I know you're a Bears fan. Uh, I'm a Bears fan, and I did play tight end in football in high school. But uh-huh. I was thinking number 97 that came to my mind was Cameron Haywood for the Steelers. So That's right. Yes, Cameron Haywood. He also on the list. Yes. Tim Harris, uh, Rufus Porter, Tracy Scroggins. Remember him? Ronaldo Turnbull, there's a ton of 97s, pretty juicy. Sadly, we are not at 190, so we could have played uh, an honor to the to the goose, Tony Siragusa, who passed away earlier this week. Uh, guys, uh, good to be with you. We, uh, we are back. We missed two weeks ago. We had some scheduling issues, and we just couldn't do it, but that's okay, because we're here now, and I think this is a great week. Oh, we would have done this week anyway, but particularly good week to be back, boys, because uh, we have a pretty jacked up, uh, world of professional wrestling to discuss. It's probably the craziest time right now in and out of the ring in pro wrestling in a quite a long time. We got stuff going on in WWE on an, in and out of the ring. We've got uh, AEW in and out of the ring. Uh, we will talk about Slammiversary, which happened this past weekend. We've got the Forbidden Door, which is this uh, weekend in Chicago. Uh, we've got, 
Ric Flair and his uh, wake and funeral pay-per-view, uh, which, which some people are saying. <laughs> and last call. And last call, actually. And last yes. call, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, uh, and of course, um, we do have some uh, Twitter. I opened up on our Twitter, uh, on my Twitter, actually, at Scott C. Podfather. I actually opened up to questions from people. Uh, from our loyal followers to if, if they had any questions for the three of us. So we have a couple actually. So a couple questions from our uh, very loyal listeners that we'll I'll, uh, bring up at the end of the show. Uh, all right. We might as well talk about the elephant in the room and just get it out of the way. And that is of course the giant elephant or the giant jackass, regardless of your political <laughs> leanings or animal uh, because Vincent Kennedy McMahon is both. He is an elephant and he's a jackass. Um, <laughs> Um, we all know the story, so we're not going to, you know, uh, well, we'll mention it quickly for those that may, may not know. Uh, it has come out via the, uh, board of directors and such that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, uh, uh, paid off a, uh, former paralegal within WWE to, um, uh, $3 million to shut up about, uh, uh, Vince uh, utilizing the uh, grapefruits um, uh, and uh, showing off the genetic jackhammer. Um, you know what's funny, guys? Uh, it's not funny, but everyone's <laughs> honestly. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But at some point over the last 45 years, should we be surprised? Should we not be surprised at all? <laughs> not at I all. Mean, seriously. No, it's not at all. Kennedy McMahon. Mm-hmm. The guy. I mean, shit. I mean, holy shit. Turn the switch on. He's turned on. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Now, he might legitimately be, he might be a cybernetic jackhammer because I don't know how much genetics are left, but um, it's kind of like cyborg. Um, but. The company, obviously, pretty much since almost, and we've talked about it extensively here on the show, guys, both with you, Pete, and and with Steve. Um, You know, WWE has been in a kind of a strange state of flux, uh, you know, pretty much since the pandemic started. Uh, You know, they weren't really getting their stones broken for their product, you know, because I went to WrestleMania 35, which was the last WrestleMania before the pandemic. Um. As a matter of fact, I actually am proud to say that I've been to back-to-back non-pandemic WrestleManias. I skipped the two in Tampa, and I went right from MetLife to Dallas. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I was at that that WrestleMania at MetLife. And did you go, Pete? I know you didn't go, Nate. Did you go to that one, Pete? No, I was I was in town, but I didn't go to the show. I remember you being in town. I wasn't sure if you yeah. were gone. Um, I have standards, man. And I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> who, needs that nor- who needs that Jersey bullshit? Yes, you went on that. We had that Jersey talk a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago. Um, and, you know, the company wasn't too bad. You know, they had the all women, you know, the all women's main event for the first time. And, you know, Roman was kind of elevating, beating Drew and, you know, you know, Kofi won and Brock jobbed out to Seth. And, you know, the company was doing pretty good. Then the pandemic hit. And, you know, we've talked about it throughout the, the pandemic about. Which companies have done good and bad? I mean, you know, we don't know what happened to Ring of Honor. NWA kind of w- went and came back. Impact kind of, you know, stayed in the uh, in the economy lane. Uh, AEW kind of thrived uh, a bit. 
And WWE kind of had its ups and downs. They were making a ton of money, but the product was was pretty much crap. Um, but you never heard anything about this. And, and now all of a sudden it has come out now that we're out of the pandemic, uh, for the most part, that Vince paid off this woman. Now, somebody on Twitter, and I mean, I know we shouldn't laugh at it, but I should mention it because, you know, um, somebody said, uh, was it worth, what did they say? Was it worth her, was it worth $3 million? Or was it worth a pay raise? To have to look at Vince or something. I don't know. I forgot, I forgot what the person said. <laughs> oh, so is double. This is our my good friend, Matt Farrell, who I've done shows with. So is double your salary worth being intimate with Vince? I mean, that's, that, that is a funny question, actually. Um, and, of course, she's the one that didn't blab. It was... it was um, A friend, right? It, it was her friend. So, now, what has come out of this? Well, Vince is gone from his perch as CEO at the moment. Stephanie, who wanted let's to let's take... put that in air quotes real quick. Those there, Scotty <laughs> walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephanie he's still who wanted to... creative, though. Oh, yeah. He's just not the big, big boss. Um, he... He's still going to run through Vince. I mean, this is on paper. What we're talking about. Let's make... Oh, yeah. No, of course. This is the perfect. This is clear. Vince... Yeah, this is the fiscal <laughs> okay. stuff. This is the fiscal stuff, not the creative okay. stuff. We'll get to the creative stuff in a minute. Uh, fiscally and corporately. Uh, Vince is not the boss anymore. This the the fiscal CEO. The the current interim CEO is is Stephanie, who wanted to walk away um, and be with the uh, with the trips and uh, myself as his uh, you know as his nursemaid and, and the then, children. Well, then and then uh, they correct me if I'm not mistaken. I, I heard Trips had a meeting at at NXT yep. and now trips he's is back, staff, right? <laughs> He went to Orlando. Now, I'm about to bring that up. I'm about to bring that up okay. in a minute. Sorry, sorry for that, jumping That's again. part of my question. No, that's Trips, okay. But that's... Trips pulled a John Wick. Everybody seems to be asking me if I'm coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's interesting, though. And, of course, John Laurinaitis, who who would want to pass? I mean, really, talk about sloppy seconds. What a, what, um, what a patsy. What a patsy. A guy named Johnny oh, yeah. Ace was his ring name. And now it's, yep. John, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so, and then Vince last last Friday on SmackDown, he came out, and then he also came out this past Monday on Raw, oh. which he shouldn't have done, but he can't help himself. Um, I mean, the first question we have to ask ourselves is, guys, does Vince think everything is this carny? Is, is he still think <laughs> it's carny that that? If I come out and be me, then everyone, no one will realize that I'm a piece of shit. And I mean, like, you know, because the fans don't know real life. You know, this is this is wrestling. You know, this is entertainment. And, and I think Vince still thinks it's 1985. In some I, think, I, mean, I think he truly believes the fans are marks and they'll mark out for him. And we saw that at SmackDown. I mean, but I think in the grand scheme of things, he has, does not understand the... Um, the geography of what he's doing right now. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And We're in a cancel culture, bud. I mean, get it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And, you know, there's some things that shouldn't be and some things that should be. And I think Vince mm-hmm. should be canceled. Um, but, I mean, I mean there's. scumbag since freaking the 80s, for Christ's sakes. I mean, yes. I mean, we heard, like, we heard Vince, stories Vince about. Has been, uh, Vince's tab has been due for decades. Yes. Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, and we hear the stories fine. about him and we've heard stories about him and Billy Jack Haynes snorting coke off that referee's boobs. I mean, you know, yeah. back in 1986. But Rita, what's her face? You know, the blonde. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were stories Donahue. about uh, yeah. her getting her getting fucking two on one by Bill Hitler Hitler and was, Billy. Jack. I think it was Rita Charleston, maybe it might her name. Uh, but yeah, right, Donahue. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, let's be honest. Vince has fucking dipped the jackhammer into so many streets. It's not even funny. Um, but could this be, honestly, guys, trying to find a trying to find a a silver lining here? Could this be the boost that WWE needed to kind of move on in its <laughs> in its in its history? Because no, no, he's still gonna be in charge of creative, dude. It all comes down to the money. Like, and I, I talked about this a couple of days ago on uh, post wrestling. If mm-hmm. if the climate gets hot enough, where you're actually talking about sponsors and networks, that's one thing. That's that's the only way Vince gets out of the paint on this. If this is something that ha- has a couple of weeks worth of traction. And then everybody goes back to whatever else is the news story of the week. Then no, nothing's ultimately going to happen from this. And you're right on point there, Nate. You you were lucky. I mean, not we, but he's lucky. It's a wrestling story. Mm, Yes. You know what? No one who's the only guy's going to be really digging in is the wrestling journalist. And I use that with air quotes. Is (laughs) yes, sure. It's not going to be U.S. It's not going to be CNN. It's not going to be Fox News. It's not going to be whoever. Digging into it, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a yes, real quick. Yes, speaking of life. CNN, like, did, did you see the clip of Jake Tapper, Scotty? I didn't. Well, okay, so they were talking about the story Friday when like the big news came out. The Vince was uh, quote unquote stepping down, and then the reporter that Jake Tapper was talking to was like, "Oh, by the way, Jake, it's just been announced via WWE Twitter that Vince McMahon is going to be appearing live tonight on SmackDown," and Jake Tapper was like. Of course he is. And that one to yeah. other news. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like but, I, I, I don't think that this is going to have enough juice, Scott, for lack of a better term, to get any real meaningful lasting change unless it starts affecting the money. Then I think you might see something happen. Yeah, yeah that's, mm. that's where it's at. It's if Because honestly, I think the shareholders and the public think of wrestling as Vince brought it out of the smoky arenas and made it mm-hmm. multi, you know, which is bullshit. They were, they were making as much money back in the 80s. Not as much money, but I mean, it definitely expanded. But because he won, you know, he won the wars of all of it. And it's just for the shareholders, though, if he gets ousted out of power, it will hurt the WWE um, at least for for at least a year or two. And honestly, mm-hmm. Scott, I think that's maybe part of the reason Vince went on TV Friday, uh, maybe less so Monday, because I, I think Monday was like just weird. But I think part of that was just a because Vince is just a petty dude, and he wanted to show that he's not hiding. Yeah. But B, I think yeah. there's something because you remember Scott when the story first came out, the n- stock numbers took a bit of a dip. And I think Vince went out on TV in part to show, hey, I'm still here. The guy that you all believe in, don't 
you know, take your money out of the stock, you know, everything's okay. I think that was part of the and, thinking and behind to that. Pop, and to pop a rating. Yes, which they did. Yes. Mm-hmm. They did do that. Yes, they did do that, actually. Um, uh, but the, here's the, the weird thing, though. Stephanie is back as CEO, which she obviously doesn't want. And now, all of a sudden, after per, pretty much being persona non grata, which is, was fucking ignorant. And, and, um, you know, and, and it made her, I mean, they made it out like she was blacklisted almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bad. All those, like... Yeah in-house leaks that came out after she yeah. stepped down yep and then we go down to orlando and who walks in just like he did when he came back from that quad injury baby blast the music <laughs> fucking yeah it was amazing greatest moment in the history of that building now i'm sure. um uh i'm sure they were all like oh my god this is so fucking great um so Maybe there is something to Vince's. That's why I think Pete, I agree with you that Vince will always be the last word until he's dead, which maybe never. But there's a reason why Triple H just shows up in Orlando. I mean. Well, yeah, because Vince can manipulate him as Stephanie. I mean, he can't manipulate an outside person. That's why that he's always going to have family there and can mm. be connected. I mean. If you really the, if think tri- Stephanie and Vince and Stephanie and Triple H are going to go in their own direction? No fucking I mean, way. listen. Get the I fuck mean, out. There's no way. I mean, if they, unless they sell, unless the well, company's yeah, well, just not run by them. They don't have that power. Not, no way. I just don't understand why he shows up. It's obvious that they didn't want him there anymore. It has nothing. I mean, the hell thing was true, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's more to that than meets the eye. We'll 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 see more about that. I'm trying to I'm I'm looking now on some um I think it's either it's either one of two things. It's either this is the family business and we have to rally around the old man yep. or it's a power play. Yeah, well, yeah, well this is the to me it's the this is the old west and we're on a on a wagon trail and the Indians are coming and we're going to circle around the wagons get the mm-hmm. damn family. That's exactly what it is. And it's a it's a win win situation for for your boy Scotty because he's loyal to Vince in this moment. But also, if things turn left business wise, hey Triple H, you know a lot about this business, you know. What what, what, what would you think about taking a more prominent role? Me? Because 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 your boy Hunter is not above shacking the old man in the back on the way out. Uh no, and I'll be honest with you. So would I. No, but so I found an article here, Mark Middleton on on wrestling headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE has lost just over a half billion in value, half billion in value since the allegations. Uh, WWE had a market cap of four point nine nine five billion last Wednesday, which is when the Wall Street Journal report came out. Mm-hmm. The next day, it dropped to four point eight two three. And then down to 4.647 on Friday, mm-hmm. which is the day WWE confirmed the board of directors investigation. Um, the week then started, this this week started at 4.53. The value is at the moment at 4.48, which is down 510 million or two point or 10.21%. Stocks were down 7.5% the last five trading days. 
Shares over the past month were down only 2.2% and up 24% over the last six months. So, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I guess, I guess. Sounds like a good time to invest in some WWE stock, boys. Yeah, pretty much. And and listen, right. you're talking about losing money. You know, half a billion's not, you know, oh shit, a, a dollar just fell out of the hole in my pocket. I mean, <laughs> it depends on what they think, that, if that means anything for them, you know? Um SmackDown drew 2.29 million viewers with a 0.57 key demo rating, and the viewership was up almost 20% from the week before. Uh, SmackDown took the number one spot in the main demo, which they kind of do normally anyway. Uh, it was the highest key demo since the the, the SmackDown the, the week after Mania on the 8th. Uh, Monday's Raw drew just under 2 million with a 0.54 demo rating, uh, and that was the highest audience since the night after Mania on April 4th. Uh, even NXT was up this week, which had nothing to do with Vince, but it drew a 0.18 key demo and was up 4% in viewership, 50% in the demo rating. Uh, McMahon himself ranked one ranked 1,397th on Forbes billionaire list. I wish I was that low on the list. Uh, um, so I wish I was that high on the list. <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, so money did get lost. Money did get lost. Uh, obviously, we're not going to know anything for a few months if this matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're looking at, you know, what they needed was a great. The, and, and unfortunately, PR does not help because your next pay-per-view, and we talked about it, guys, you know, Money in the Bank, which was supposed to be at Allegiant, got moved to T-Mobile or moved to um, uh, uh, MGM Grand because they can't sell tickets. And now SummerSlam is going to be main evented by Brock Roman 706. Mm. So, uh, I mean, I think that SummerSlam, I mean, we, I know some of the, obviously some of the PTB crews going, I am not. Um, so when we do the, uh, when we do the chain reaction pod, uh, Nate for that show, um, be very interesting what our, <laughs> what Chris from LA thinks, because I was <laughs> I was looking forward to his comments when when shit hits the fan. Um, yeah, this is a big summer for WWE guys because the the the, the news is not good. The product is not great. It doesn't mm-hmm. suck as bad as it did say a year ago. Uh, but you've got a pay per view. Your biggest acquisition is gone till January. Yeah, yep. that's huge. Yeah. Um, this awesome heel faction they were making about Judgment Day just went right in the stinker. Because they wanted to make it fucking like, you know, like the CW show Supernatural. Edge said, nah. So they went, well, fuck you, you're out. So <laughs> he walks out. Now Rhea Ripley has a serious uh, injury, so she's out. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing's fucked. <laughs> so there goes that, you know. Um, so in the general scheme of things, guys, for okay, WWE. Here's a question there for you, Scott. You really yeah. think the Supernatural thing would have gotten over? Probably not. I don't you know, think so. even with Edge, Edge as, he, as good as he can be at times, and I'm not an Edge guy, I, 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 no, there's no way this would have worked. I mean, no, I, I think I'm agreeing. I think, I, I no, think he's right. smart at least to say fuck that. Yeah, tarnish my uh, my Hall of Fame candidacy. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm got talking about the Observer Hall of Fame because he has not gotten in that one yet. <laughs> I know, right? Um, you know, and then you got. I don't know what they're going to do with Damian Priest at this point. Have him win Money in the Bank or something. I don't know. Um, but but I mean, Nick Khan, I think it's, I mean, I know Vince loves Brock, 
But I think this is a Nick Khan thing, too. I think he, mm. they love Brock so much that, I mean, and if you're Roman, even if you're Roman, you're like, oh, fuck, we got to do this again. <laughs> Jesus. It's not Flair and Sting, for Christ's sakes. I mean, really? We have to have a, yeah. a, an actual feud that goes 25 years? I mean, come on. I mean, ugh. And then and, and, and everyone sees it. It's not like back back then where it wasn't televised all these matches either, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, how many pay per view matches? Fuck, Brock and Roman ain't working on the house shows. They're just doing everything that's on TV. Yeah, pretty much, and they're all pay per view. You've yeah. got. I mean, they their first they wrestled at WrestleMania 15, a uh, 15, uh, rest in 2015 WrestleMania 31. Uh, they wrestled at a SummerSlam, I, I think. Uh, they wrestled down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrestled somewhere else. <laughs> they wrestled in Dallas. Now they're gonna wrestle in Vegas, and, and I mean, uh, or or Nashville, wherever the fuck it is. Who the hell knows? Uh, yes, this is I, the I feud that does not end. Yes, nope. it goes on and on, my friend. Somebody started booking it, not knowing what it was, and they'll continue wrestling it forever. Just because this is the feud that will not end. The two biggest, <laughs> tallest, toughest guys in the WWE on paper. Yes, it's not like it's not like Bobby Lashley was right there for for a fresh match with Roman. <laughs> so listen to this weird. Uh, uh, listen no, to no, this. No, here, uh, I want to talk. Go, go back to it real quick, Scott. Yeah. Nick Khan, you, I mean, you think it's one of his ideas, and I can actually buy that. Do you think he doesn't understand the wrestling business as well? Because, honestly, we've been getting this. Guess what? We've seen it and seen it and mm-hmm. seen it. And you, it always happens. You get re- reduction. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. No, I don't think he does. No. Um, well, he's, a, he's a Hollywood guy. He's not a wrestling guy. Right. No, he's, and he's going exactly. He's going for the biggest, quote-unquote, star power, but that yeah. doesn't always equal the best product no exactly right. it's like you know we saw tom cruise and paul newman do the color of money eight times uh what <laughs> you know it was box office that once uh eight years later i don't know you know eight more times right. later i don't know right uh now this rhea ripley injury seems really strange so at the on the fatal four-way on june 6th on raw she she suffered a mouth injury she need herself in the mouth during that match after taking a DDT. She underwent surgery two days later at Anderson Family Dental in Winter Park, Florida. That's obviously near NXT. And that same for the four-way, Ripley won to become the new number one contender of the Raw Women's title, Bianca Belair, for a title match at Money in the Bank. However, she's being pulled from that match, and she's not cleared. Other details are provided, but Carmella ended up winning a fatal five-way, so it's Carmella and Bianca. Uh, <laughs> thank, God sh- <laughs> thank God this show's not in the Raiders building because that'll, that'll draw flies. WWE never announced any details on the Ripley injury. She took to Instagram today and said she's dealing with teeth and brain injuries. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't even know what that means, but that's I, I don't even know what. You could see her recent mouth injury tweet below. Oof. Oh, yeah. She got bruises above. Oh, yeah. She took a honker, huh? Just Oof. a mess. Yeah, and she got like a she got black and blue above her gums. Oof. Ugh. She took a shot. Uh, wow, I didn't realize her net, her legs were that tatted up. Wow. Um, so, yeah, WWE right now is in a is in a weird pickle for the next couple of months, both PR wise and creative wise, because 
They have these two gigantic shows. I mean, you you say that, Scott, but but oh ye of little faith, because this Monday, as prophesied by the great Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the greatest <laughs> WWE superstar of all time is coming home. <laughs> yes, I know. John Cena will lift up the company on his back. <laughs> Because if anybody was going to get Pete Schermacher back to the back to the WWE, it's John Cena's back. John Cena doesn't suck. <laughs> oh God. Um. All right. Let's move on to, uh, and we'll get more into because uh, on our next uh, episode, let me make sure I confirm this. Uh, on our next episode, we will actually preview uh, Money in the Bank. So two weeks from two weeks from today, uh, we will be previewing uh, the Money in the Bank pay per view. So we'll see how the card shapes up uh, by that point. Uh, speaking of pay per views, this coming uh, Sunday in Chicago it is the Forbidden Door pay per view, mm. the combo card of AEW and New Japan because AEW is a bunch of marks for themselves and they think that this is what we want. Those jerks, no, it really is. <laughs> um, no, they, no, they really do. I mean, this this could be a fun show, and of course, my guy did show up on on AEW. Yep. My mm-hmm. my beloved, the Rainmaker himself, the Triple H of of Japan, uh, Mister uh, Mister Okada. Uh, so there's a is this like a four way match? Yeah. Uh, Jay White, Hangman, Okada, and Adam Cole. Um, we all know who the best wrestler in that quartet is. Um. It's of course Jay White. No, um, <laughs> Pete's like Pete's like I'm hanging up. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, let's get a look at that card uh, and see what uh, what we got here. Um, there has been some there has been some um, some backstage stuff with Mr. Khan. Life is not perfect for him. He's not. You know, there have been some interesting. Uh, there have been some interesting uh, um, stories involving him and how he treats some talent and how things have started to get clicky. And I mean, let's be honest, guys, all promotions do this. And, and for those tribalists care. out there who think AEW is going to be the perfect promotion forever, you're smoking something uh, that maybe Riddle has for you. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't I don't. I'm going to actually give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt here. I know a lot of people don't think I do, but. Life is not perfect, and being a promoter is not fun in games. This isn't like playing fucking SmackDown Know Your Role on the PS3. I mean, you know, this is this is real life. <laughs> and you don't just get to do things because you think the fans think you're cool. Look, the cool kid gave me a pay-per-view with New Japan in it. You know what I mean? Uh, he's got to realize, he's got to treat this company, I hate to say it this way, but from a, you guys can understand how I'm about to say this. And tell me if, tell me if I'm wrong. From a wrestling perspective, not being a person perspective, he needs to start acting more like Vince and less like Eric Bischoff. All right. Stop being everybody's buddy. Stop being the Bucks buddy. Stop being Kenny's buddy. You need to be a boss now. And guys are going to like things are going to do things. Guys aren't going to like things you do, but ultimately mm-hmm. the buck stops with him. Not his dad. Whose dad's got to deal with a shitty NFL team, but, and shitty a couple NFL of, a, a couple <laughs> of halfway, a couple of halfway decent, soccer teams so um 
it's just it's time for AEW to start taking it's going to start taking its licks. Is this a great one night thing that they're doing? Of course it is. Could WWE do this? Sure they could. Would fans love to see WWE do this? Of course they would. I mean, I think an Okada Roman match would actually be pretty fucking amazing. Mm. Amazing. Name me one guy on a side note. I'm going to go around both you guys and then we'll get back to the story. But I want to ask this question while it's in my head. And I may actually put a poll up uh, on uh, on the uh, PTBN uh, wrestling Twitter. Name me one guy. I'll start with you, Pete. Name me one guy in WWE that could give Okada five stars or six or 12 or whatever fucking weirdo Meltzer does. <laughs> Who is the one guy you would want to see wrestle Okada in WWE? Hmm. I was going to say AJ, but we've seen that in New Japan. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually, I would actually want to see... Fuck, who I want to see? Uh, Roman's a good name. Actually, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Riddle work him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Riddle would be interesting. Um, what about you, Nate? What do you anybody strike that would legitimately get put up like an amazing match? I think like AJ Finn, like those are easy choices. Uh, like Ricochet, like is a sleeper. Uh, yeah, they could put on a banger. Uh, but honestly, if I, and maybe this is less match quality, but more like how intriguing could this matchup be? And we just talked about this man a little while ago, Scotty. If you've only got Okada for one night, give me Okada in the Peacemaker, the Rainmaker versus the Peacemaker, Okada versus Cena. Book it. Ha! There you go. Uh, I gotta be honest. Like, that would be a fun match. <laughs> that would be very saucy. I have to say. I don't know how it would turn out, Pete, but I think it could be fun. I, I think Okada is the uh, Japanese version of, of Bret, Bret Hart. I mean, mm. they have very similar psychologies. Mm-hmm. They have very, they have very, their psychologies are so similar. They, I mean, they have a lot of spots that are trained like monkeys. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. I think Okada is like the closest thing to Bret Hart and the American soil. Mm. I, I think Roman, I think him and Roman would be amazing. I think yeah. him and Brock would be. I think him and Brock would be awful. I, I don't think him and Brock would, would would look good at all together. I think, uh, and I know Pete Winston's going to hate this. I think him and, and Seth would be a pretty good match. Mm, yeah, I think him and Seth would be a good match. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, just something to think about. So here's the card. You know, you, you know him and uh, Cody Devontae Rhodes. Cody would tell a fa- fabulous twelve chapter story with Okada in the ring. Yes. As Cody is wont to do. <laughs> yes. Lots of vignettes. Lots of crying. Yes. Lots he's of crying. Lots of. I told, I told my daddy before he died, Pete Schermacher, the one <laughs> thing I was going to do was face Kaz Okada in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and he told me, baby, my boy Cody Devontae, you got to wear my polka dots, baby. Baby, I face Anoki, you can take on Okada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's yep. one difference between you and between him. Cat, you know, Okada may let you put him over. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, Noki's like, I going over, son. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, jeez. Uh, um, all right, so here's the card for this Sunday. Uh, there is a pre-show match. Uh, Max Caster and Gun Club take on y- uh, Yamora. Um, 
Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight in an eight-man tag. So AEW's uh, settling into the way uh, New Japan does tag matches by having yeah. 60 guys in a tag match. Uh, we have uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus TBA. Who's the TBA going to be? It's mm-hmm. supposed to be, uh, rumor is it's supposed to be Danielson's the first choice. And if he can't which, go, it's going to be Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like that may not happen. So, um, Bullet Club, Fantasmo, Hikuleo, and the Bucks against uh, the Dudes with Attitude, Darby, Sting, and Los Nigrables. <laughs> Takagi, uh, Takahashi. There's only two Dudes with Attitudes, and we all know who that is, guys. It's fucking Sean and Diesel. Diesel and, what? and Okada. What? What? <laughs> so we have another eight man there. Uh, Thunder Rosa Peter, will both be and Peter about to hang up on you, Scott. There's <laughs> <laughs> only two dudes with attitudes, man. Oh, dead air. <laughs> Zach on Michigan baby, September 1995. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go down the JT Rosero path there. Uh, Thunder Rosa will defend the uh, women's, the AEW women's title against Tony Storm. Mm. FTR versus you United. No, I didn't. No clue who she's married to. Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, she just got married. Juice Robinson. Yeah, no James clue. Storm. Yeah. yeah. No, Juice. That's right. She did marry. I had Juice. no clue about that. Yeah, yeah. that was like mm. a big secret, I guess. Um. Uh, so bullet. Didn't she say she? Oh, okay, never mind. Bullet Club. Uh, oh, we did that match already. Thunder Rose against Tony Storm. FTR versus United Empire, which is Great O'Con and Co- Jeff Cobb versus Rapungi Vice, Trump Beretta, mm. and in a three-way winner take all for both the ROH and IWGP tag team titles. I think FTR wins that match. Um. What do you think of that one, Pete? I hate three man. I hate I hate that version of tag matches. So I mean, I'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I I honestly I like tag matches at tag matches. So I hate that all. I mean, the whole concept of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Nate? I'm kind of in the same boat with Pete in terms of the concept, but I do feel like FTR has been on such a roll that it should be a good match. And I, I do agree with you, Scotty, that they, they probably will come out with the win. Mm. Yeah, it, it should be a good match. But I'm curious because, you know, FTR does that old school psychology type stuff, yep. uh, Southern Tag. And it's hard to do a Southern Tag with, you know, yeah. two other teams into it. So we'll see. Mm. Well, let's kick back. I'm assu- We all think Thunder Rose is going to keep the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sean and Diesel are going to win over uh, Bullet Club. <laughs> we're going to get a couple. We're going to get a couple of boots to the a couple of boots that are be four feet too far away. <laughs> uh, in a match that I have, I, this this isn't even this isn't even worth putting on. I mean, this is garbage. For the IWGP US title, Will Osprey is taking on fucking awful no more no longer over Orange Cassidy. I mean, this is just this is just shit. <laughs> This, this I've, I've always hated Orange Cassidy. I still hate his I, fucking. Ass, I, I so. fucking. I fucking hate him too. Absolutely. <laughs> absolute I, 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 I was in Jersey and had to go to that shitty ass Orange Cassidy fucking show. The <laughs> <laughs> few, me and Johnny, Johnny Philip Havage, the only two fucking people booing his ass in that fucking show. <laughs> fucking horrible. Uh, fucking horrible. That's awesome. Uh, 
Okay, next up, Les Sex Gods. <laughs> Fucking Jericho and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> really called Les Sex Gods. That's so stupid. <laughs> um, against uh, and Minoru Suzuki taking on uh, Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and uh, Shota Umino. That could be a fun little six-man fist yeah. fight. Mm. Kind of digging that. What do you think about that, Nate? Yeah, I think that could be a sleeper. Um, as weird as it is for Jericho and Sammy to be aligned with Suzuki in this pairing, I think it it'll is be a fun ridiculous. Yeah, no sense whatsoever behind it, but I think it'll be a fun match. Uh, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming I'll give the win to Eddie, Eddie and the boys. Hmm. All right. What do you think, uh, Pete? Could be fine. Uh, yeah, I'm with. Um, you should. God, it should be Kingston going over. That guy should be on yeah. top of AEW all the time. So we'll see. Hmm. Great promo, uh, good worker. I have mm-hmm. no qualms with Eddie Kingston. Mm. That'll be a fun fist fight. Uh, I like. I kind of like this match because I actually know all four guys. Actually, uh, Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. I actually know who Clark Connors is because uh, he was on those shitty UWF primetime lives that Doctor <laughs> G and I watched last year. Uh, fucking show was awful. Um, Four-way match for the inaugural, what the fuck is this? The AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Tony, would you put down the fucking Tony Montana fucking cocaine? How many goddamn belts <laughs> do we need, for Christ's sakes? I mean, and that of course he makes the All-Atlantic belt. Have you guys seen the belt? Oh, it looks exactly like the old-school Mid-Atlantic. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it has, it has Japan on it. It has China on it. It's like, all right, that's not Atlantic, dude. Right. No, it's, it's, it should have, this, this it belt should have, is not geographically accurate. Yeah, exactly. No, it should have Nate. If it's all Atlantic, it should have Nate's face on it is what it should have. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what it's just saying. It should have it should have Nate's high school logo on it, and the and the, and the, uh, the, the leather should be purple, right, Nate? Um, so uh, this is crap, but you know what? It's a belt. It's nice. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to think Pac's going to win this one because he hasn't won any titles yet. This might be his chance. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Malachi Black, but I think Pac, Nate. Yeah, I I kind of wish this was a three-man because I, I feel like had they known that – I don't know how far ahead uh, in advance they knew that the main was going to be a four-man match, even though I feel like it should really only be Hangman versus Okada. But that's neither here nor there, Pete. Uh, I feel like if <laughs> – if the main is a four-man match, maybe this shouldn't be a four-way match. Uh, but that being said, I think it'll be good. Uh, like, just Miro tossing dudes around and uh, Pac being a short, angry bastard or a hot golem, as Jennifer Smith likes to call him. Uh, hmm. And yes. then, uh, like, I think Ishii is, is underrated. So, like, it should be a pretty fun match. Mm. Yeah, I like the fact that it has a lot of, a lot of those guys and... It's all international guys, so mm-hmm. then it kind of makes sense. It almost feels like the old. I hope it's gonna be elevated higher than the old European belts for the WWE. Um, <laughs> oh, so that's yeah. kind of what it feels like, you know. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think so. I like I like Pac there, but Clark Connors is actually good. Do you know Clark Connors, uh, Nate? I had never heard of Clark Clark Connors up until this point. I thought he was Tony Khan's accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? He actually is. No, he was actually Billy, he was actually uh, Dave uh, Dave Marquez's accountant, which is why he's probably wrestling here and not in the UWF or wrestling from wherever the fuck it is. Um, do you know him, right, Pete? 
Yeah, I've seen him here and there. I think I saw him actually uh, when we were there in uh, uh, over there in uh, Dallas this year. He was, I worked mm. in a couple shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we have uh, a four-way match. Of course, we just talked about it. A four-way match for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Jay White, the champion, taking on Mr. Okada, Hangman, and... Adam Cole. Uh, this is, I'm sorry, for the interim, this is fucking, oh no, that's the other match, sorry. We'll get to, we'll get to me ripping that match in a minute. Uh, I, I can't see Hangman or Cole winning this match, obviously. So, I'm gonna go with, I mean, I watched White and Okada wrestle as good a match as Okada possibly could um, mm. in 2019 at uh, the G1 Supercard. I think him or Okada are going to win it because an AEW guy is not going to be IWGP champion. This isn't fucking 1982 when even Vince would do this kind of shit. So, I don't know, Pete. What do you think? I can see Jay White winning it. And just keeping it? Yeah. What do you think, Nate? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to have your champion lose in a four-way like this, particularly when two of the guys, you know, ahead of time. Like, they're not winning, uh, which is right. why I wish, I wish it was just Hangman versus Okada. I think that would be... Even though this is going to be a good match, I think that might have more intrigue. But, uh, yeah, White retains and then drops Okada down the line. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. All right. Um, and finally, uh, this is fucking absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one of the stupidest things that I think AEW has ever done. We have an interim AEW world champion because apparently CM Punk is broken and broken. Um instead of just stripping him of it or just letting him hold on to it. If, if the injury is that short, then why just keep it? And if it's long-term, then lose it. But this is stupid. So John Dean Ambroxley will be taking on uh, Mr. Tanahashi in a match to determine the interim AEW world champion. Uh, I think this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my fucking life. This is not UFC where guys really get hurt and you have real guys and real matches and real, real, real. This is stupid. If Punk is out short term, then just let him hold on to the belt. And then when he's healthy, he'll defend it. If Punk is hurt long term, then guess what? Strip him of it. Have a new champion. Punk comes back when he's healthy and you do whatever you want. But this like, oh, Punk, you could stay champion while you're hurt. We'll just have somebody warm the belt for you. What the fuck? I mean, seriously, <laughs> that is ignorant. And if WWE did it, it'd be just as stupid. But guess what? WWE maybe do some dumb things, but they're not doing that. Having said yeah, that. They did it with uh, Razor and Shawn Michaels, and it worked pretty good. It made a famous ladder match. Well, And, and, and look, let, let's, let's, let's add on to that, Pete, because I was thinking WWE did exactly this with CM Punk, as a uh, matter of fact, with uh, Cena. Yeah, and and so th so here's my point. Here's what I was gonna say, Scotty. Like I think it's a dumb idea if Moxley is the winner. To me, the only way this works as a story is if Hangman is in this match against Tanahashi. Hangman right. wins. Hangman is the interim champ, and then you can run back Hangman and Punk. But Moxley, it does like I don't. That to me is the dumbest part, even more so than the interim champion. It's the Moxley of it all, because I don't feel like Moxley should be the guy right here, Pete. Like, I feel yeah. like 
if anybody's you know, going to be I, in that I spot, maybe it should be hanging. I, I totally see where you're coming from, Nate. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the roster right now, Danielson being hurt. I think Moxley's their biggest draw. Mm. I thought yeah. Paige was fine as champion, but he felt secondary the whole entire his whole entire reign. But I mean, he had a good reign as it when it comes to having great matches. But guess yeah. what? That's not what all. That's not what wrestling's about. It's about drawing money. I'm not saying he didn't draw money, but AEW it almost feels like it's like a work rate promotion. So you're like doing this boom, boom, boom. And if you're not, if you're, if you're a champ, you're not having the best match on the show. And I, I honestly, I think most people care. Most person besides Danielson, mm. I thought I, I, I'd have to say Moxley is like the third most over person on that roster. Yeah, I mean, you you can make the argument. I would just think that I, I felt I felt pages. So 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 here's the thing. If, yeah. So so if we're not going Hangman, I think you have an even better choice than Moxley and a guy you just mentioned, and that's Eddie Kingston. I, I totally agree there. I will agree with that 100. percent Mm-hmm. I would and, be fine with Eddie Kingston. Punk and, and, and Kingston had that great fucking match. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I'll, actually, I'll, I'll put all my chips in on that one, Nate. Yeah, because I, I think, like, man, my, my problem's not with Moxley per se. It's just that I feel like he's he's a bigger star than Kingston or Hangman. I just feel like from a story perspective, I don't know how that works with Moxley no, no, I, I can, and I then with Punk. That. I can, my, my more money is that thinking about it is it long-term, like, not long-term, but interim. Like, if you have if you have somebody who's interim, you want them to be box office. I think Moxley's mm-hmm. bigger box office than all of them. Yeah. And so yeah, that's where, at least if you're going to have the two, at least you're going to have your two biggest stars who are currently working, gliding. So I, I think, you know, that's kind of guy where that's where Roman and Brock are going, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I think we, I think we booked a better match, though, with King. Totally. I definitely want to see King. Because <laughs> yeah. imagine, imagine that first championship promo on Dynamite from Kingston. Yeah. And then I think there's, I think they're, I think Punk and Kingston are the two best promos in the in the in the company right now. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Moxley uh, and uh, Mox and uh, Tanahashi, like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a solid match. Like I don't think it's gonna be the match of the night, but I think I'll enjoy it. It's just I don't like. Mm, it it could have been Eddie. And that, that's yeah. all I'm gonna be thinking on Sunday night, Pete. It could have been Eddie. <laughs> I know. I'm with you on that. Totally. Uh, yeah. I think they should just give it. If they were going to do this interim thing, they should have just gave the belt back to Hangman Page. They should have handed it to him. Just handed it to him. <laughs> that would have been a good storyline. Here you go, Hangman. You can have it back. Sorry, we fucked that well, up. Well, I didn't understand why. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't understand like how some of these guys didn't want to enter the Battle Royal. They didn't want the interim championship. That's stupid, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This just makes no fucking sense. This is not a real thing. If again, there's two ways to go about it. If Punk's injury is short, just have him hold on to the belt and work something around it. If he's gone long term, you just mm. he just forfeits it. You have a, a match like this. Maybe you have uh Mox and you know, mix mosh of guys and have but on the flip side though, Scott, though, on you know, you have the interim champion. If it's short term, you you get an immediate match. If it's long term, Eventually, Punk will go challenge for the for the the interim belt. I mean, so it's yeah, like so ready. You have it ready set. You don't like put him on the shelf and we don't do anything with him. 
I would like to see. I Punk also come think Stone Belt. I was gonna say. I, I also think if you do this, then you're almost saying that when Punk comes back, he's going to be the heel versus the new champ, the interim champ. True. Because it feels mm. like it feels like because uh, when when uh, WWE did it with Punk, Punk was in the Punk was in the position of the babyface, the hero that leaves on a high. Whereas here, you know, part of the Hangman feud was basically CM Punk's an asshole, but he's trying to be like the good guy. He's trying right. to pretend he's the good guy. And I feel like if you want to kind of maximize this story, maybe then you have Punk come back actually as like the asshole. Like he he was hurt, but he wasn't really that hurt. He just he took time off because he's selfish, Pete. And he's old. Yes. And he's old. He's old and, he's and crowd selfish. Surfing. What the hell is he crowd surfing for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I got okay. one more. One yeah. more. Okay, so I've given you Hangman, and I've given you Eddie Kingston as a suggestion. Scott, I've got one mm-hmm. more for you. Your interim champion, the man called Sting. I, I can buy that. <laughs> I'm with it. He was that Rocky moment. Yes. You know? <laughs> we always talked about how they should have done it with Flair on his fucking retirement thing. Mm. And they they dropped that ball. They should have. I I just what well, we just talked about it. I can't remember what podcast, but they should the, the year that Flair was in the was it oh six was it WrestleMania twenty two that he was in the Money in the Bank. They should have had him win the briefcase, knowing right. that mm. RVD was going to obviously fuck it up by being caught. <laughs> you know, lighting up something. Yeah. They knew that was going to be, they knew that was going to get, if, had they, had someone had gotten in Vince's ear and said, don't give this guy the belt. He's going to fuck it up. That's why do you think you never gave in? Why do you think your dad never gave nothing to Jimmy Snuka? That's why. Yeah. Uh, well, also RVD, RVD didn't kill anybody, but anyway, um, Flair, Flair should have won. Dad didn't help cover it up either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, As we bring I would have back to the beginning of the show. Yeah. I would have had Flair. Win the money in the bank in 06 mm. and had him cash in on, on like edge or something like, why not? How about this? Why not have, they should have had, they should have had flair. They should have had uh Cena or not Cena. They should have had edge. Um, win the match at SummerSlam 06. Cause they do the, I know they do the TLC at, at Unforgiven. They should have had Cena F5 him. Or not F5 him. Uh, what do they used to call it? The uh, FU. The attitude adjustment. Uh, F-U. The attitude, yes, because yeah. FU is offensive. That's right. The FU. <laughs> the the, the STFU, yeah. The STFU, yes. The STFU. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you hear uh, Zach also Splat or whatever the fuck uh, it's called on in the 2001 A Space Odyssey right. uh, soundtrack. And the place would have gone fucking crazy. Hmm. Flair cashes in, and he would have got that last WWE World Championship. Mm. That would and let him win like with the dirtiest player in the game, like with a fucking low blow or a fucking to the balls or some shit like that. Right, exactly. Way he and then have him hold it for a couple months, and then he loses to some edge or something, whatever. Um, But you when he was having that run with Orton and and then and Triple H on those pay per views where I felt like he could have done a Rocky run with, and Mm -hmm. that was that was Austin's idea. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd have been game for that. Yeah, I'd have been game for that. So well, I'm with anyway. you on you know he'd been fun. I think he'd been fun with that. You know, 
cutting the promos with the fucking briefcase. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can have shit like, you know, condoms and cash and Viagra and stuff all falling out of it. (laughs) (laughs) So vignettes from the on the plane playwright in hell. I mean shit. Then he could then he could have brought back Mongo to carry the Halliburton briefcase. (laughs) 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 That would be gold. That would be gold. If you could find him. Well, now he's now he's in really bad shape. But anyway, so there we go. There's your there's your forbidden door predictions. And when we're when we're back in two weeks, we'll uh, we will uh, see how we did and what the well, link. I'll tell you one thing. A lot of multi-mans on that fucking show. Jesus Christ. Well, that's that's New Japan for you. Right, Nate? <laughs> yes. This, ask, this is ask, an authentic New Japan show. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm telling you. Ask when, when, when we get Steve, when Steve's back. Well, well, Nate, well New, uh, New Japan does a lot of tag matches and, you know, like six mans, eight mans, not not like four man matches. No. Fair. Ten man. Fair point. Ten yeah, man matches. Of, they do a lot of tags. Not, not. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. Just trust me. We we make fun of that all the time. Uh, Steve knows it. So, all right. Uh, so let us go to, um, let us go to uh, what happened this past week in Nashville on the twentieth anniversary of the very first pay per view at the old fairgrounds. It probably smelled like the fucking Sportatorium in Dallas. Um, can you believe this, guys? Before we go any further, can you believe that Impact has been around for 20 years? It's mind-blowing, dude. It's mind-blowing. TNA, actually, you know, when you think about it. I mean... Yeah. A a company called TNA. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. And all the ups and downs and all the fiscal problems and Billy Corgan and all that shit. And he was that close they were that close to going under and Vince buying them and all this bullshit like five times in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and they, and they're actually in better fiscal shape than ring of honor. Who the fuck, <laughs> who the fuck thought that? I mean, I mean, yeah, ROH is in okay shape right now, but somebody else, they have like no power. Yeah. They're just, they're just there. Um, so Slammiversary was this past week. Here's your results. Uh, Rich Swan wrestled on the pre-show. Nate, I am not in favor of that, mm. but he, but he beat Brian Myers to win to retain the uh, digital media championship. I mean, what the? That's worse than the All Atlantic Championship. <laughs> yeah, digital media sounds so fucking low, right? It really does. The reverse like, battle. Who was that? Was that a Zack Ryder who had like the internet belt? Oh yeah. Yep. And and Cardona was the digital media champion till he did. Yeah, we had a, I, I, one of the indie show companies that ran here in Austin. They had the YouTube championship. It was like, <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> so, I that, so- that match always made YouTube, so fuck us. Yeah. <laughs> I want a belt that has the YouTube logo on it. That would yeah, be I fucking- know, right? That would be awesome. Um look, you're like, oh look, we're TV champion. We're better. We're the YouTube championship. <laughs> we get more views than the TV champ. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Oh my god. And in other countries, do they get the Daily Motion Championship? (laughs) (laughs) In New Zealand, it's the Daily Motion Championship. Um, So then they had a reverse battle royal because, you know, we have to we have to glorify TNA's (laughs) shitty match ideas over the past 20 years. But who got to win it? Shark Boy. Yes. One of Nate's and Steve's and my favorite guys on our classic TNA paper. Oh, Pete, if you're around, I cannot wait until you until Steve comes back. 
and you join us for the classic TNA pay-per-view recaps, you're going to have a goddamn blast because it's just I will so- shoot myself before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. It is so much fun. Just just good matches and terrible, terrible promos. But anyway, uh, Shark Boy won the reverse battle royal. Uh, my boy is the X Division champion. My guy, the speedball. Mike Bailey is the new X Division champion. He won the Ultimate X match over Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Andrew Everett, Kenny King, and Trey Miguel. I know your boy Trey Miguel, uh, Nate, but look, I saw Speedball in person in Dallas, and he's he's so great. He really great. is great. Yeah. Love Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie defeated the Influence to become the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood. Sammy Callahan defeated Moose in a Monsters Ball match. The Good Brothers win again. They beat the fucking Briscoes. When are these guys going to retire? God <laughs> damn. Fucking Good Brothers. Why are they still around? <laughs> and I love the Briscoes are money on top of it. Jesus. Fucking Good Brothers. God damn it. But you can make uh, an argument. The Briscoes could argue, make an argument. They're one of the top five taxis in the last 10 years. And the Good Brothers are not even sniffing that. No, not at all. The, the the Briscoes are the Dudleys of the 2010s. That's fair. Much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Impact Originals, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, Davey Richards, Frankie Kazarian, and Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis, yes. Uh, defeated Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent uh, by pinfall in a 10-man tag. Jordan Grace is the Knockouts World Champion. She won the Queen of the Mountain match, beating Tasha Steeles, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, and Mia Yim. And finally, Josh Alexander retained the Impact World title, defeating Eric Young. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's hit Impact Plus yet. When it does, I want to watch that. I want to watch that show. Uh, did you catch it, uh, Nate? Anything? Nope, I haven't caught it yet. Uh, I've heard pretty solid reviews of the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll probably check it out just just in in honor of of this company still surviving. Who they they are the Vince McMahon of promotions. They will outlive us all, despite all the wounds self inflicted and inflicted by others. They they will outlive us all. I mean, they've outlived fucking WCW for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean. And then they outlived like ECW, which I'm not even an ECW guy, but they had a lot of impact on the business. Fucking impact. Mm-hmm. Not even close. They've been around right. forever. Like, they're like the fucking cockroaches of wrestling. <laughs> they really are. Um, uh, I think they're, I mean, I think that they, they, they've had a good product. They did a pretty good job during the pandemic. They, they stayed in their lane. Um, you know, so their next big show. Uh, will be uh, Bound for Glory. That is their next one, of course, which is their WrestleMania. Uh, the date currently is October 8th. Uh, no site has been determined yet. Um, remember the year it was in Japan? They had a good little stretch there of, like, crazy stuff. They, um, Of course, I remember watching the one in San Diego, Bully Ray and AJ. I remember that that card. Uh, the following year, they were in Tokyo. That was Muda and Tajiri versus James Storm and Sonata. I remember that. Um, 
Oh, I forgot. 2018, they were in New York City. They were at the Melrose Ballroom. I totally forgot about that. Anyway, Bound for Glory is their next big paper. I'm sure they'll do like Impact Plus, you know, specialty shows. But the next big pay-per-view is uh, their WrestleMania, which is Bound for Glory. And that's coming up on October 8th. So we'll keep an eye on that down the line. Uh, so hopefully between now and in two weeks, guys, I'll, I'm, I'm probably going to try to watch Slammiversary and we'll you know, get my thoughts on it. But I'm sure it was a pretty solid show. Always is. You know, Impact is just a good, solid. It's going to be it's always going to be in that number three, number four rank of of. Uh, uh, of paper, you know, of uh, promotions that just lives on. They just live on. Yeah, they, 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 they're able to, you know, they get the. I don't want to say they get the most out of their talent. But they they fun, they get they fund the guys that get tossed off, and they're able to do something with it. Because guess what, Eric Young means absolutely god zippo to me, and he's been working in the main event. I mean, to me, Eric Young's mid card at most, and but you know right. they're able to do it and they have a fun match or whatever. Um, they 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 do a good job of identifying the talent that's been picked over. You know, right? Exactly. And I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, 20 years, Nate, maybe we should do like a like a specialty episode on the 20 years of impact. But I mean, impact has created some decent, some good stars. Of course, you know, impact could impact could be comfortable in saying and if tell me if I'm wrong, that they did give us AJ Styles. I mean, they legitimately did. They revitalized Drew McIntyre's career. They totally revitalized uh, Bobby Lashley's career. Yep. Um, they made James Storm cool. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. they made they made uh fucking Braden Walker there realize that you know <laughs> that and, and you're supposed to make an impact in the ring, not at the buffet. Um, but uh, uh, Monty Brown looks like he was gonna be money at one point. Yeah. Oh, I love Monty Brown. Yep. I wish I wish he had stayed as Marcus Corvon because his entrance theme was so awesome in 2007. <laughs> you're going down, down, down. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Put AJ oh, Styles on the map. Yep. Yep. I'm playing, by the way, that's what we're ending the show with tonight. We're ending the show with Marcus Corvon's theme. <laughs> there we go. You're going to hear it at the end of the show. So you could <laughs> argue that some of Kurt Angle's best matches occurred in Impact. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, obviously. I prefer his Impact run to his WWF run, honestly. Hmm. I, I have no problem with that. I, I have no problem with that. I love his stuff. Uh, I liked his stuff with AJ. I loved his stuff with yeah. Samoa Joe. You know, I yep, mean, yep. Hell, I thought I he had some like, great matches with Sting and Impact. Mm, yes, yep. Kurt Kurt hit the wall. Kurt hit the wall in like '04 mm. in WWF. He had that great feud with Eddie at the beginning of '04, leading into their match at WrestleMania 20, which I was blessed to be at live, and. Uh, and then kind of like pooped out, and then he was GM, and he was in the wheelchair, and all that bullshit. It was an ECW for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. But it also felt like he just ran out of guys to work because it, mm-hmm. you know, we saw the Benoit feud a, a bazillion times. We saw him work Jericho a ton of times. Eddie, Sean, you know, the match, the matches in 05 with Sean are probably his last great stuff in WWF. WWE. Yeah, rest of WrestleMania 21 match. The match at Vengeance 05, which I think is better than the match at WrestleMania, in my personal opinion. Um, I'm with you on that, to tell you the truth. I love that match. That match at Vengeance. Vengeance 05 is one of my favorite pay-per-views. And I know it's not just because of Triple H and Batista in the cell. 
Although that does help. Because um, that match is legitimately great. And everybody who doesn't say it just because Triple H hate is really, really not. not. And hey, guess what? I hate Triple H and I enjoy that. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, Pete. Um, so, that's all right. You know, Pete, I've heard it from everybody. People I like and people I don't like. Just so. <laughs> because I don't like it. Like, like, I mean, that's the thing. We, that's what wrestling's all about. We all like people we like and we people we don't like. But yep. I still like That's that match. So there you go. I'm not biased. No, you're not. And I respect that. Uh, I know a lot of people that hate Triple H matches just because they feel like they're obligated to, which I think is kind of shitty. But that's another, now, that's another psychology. I will say Triple H Undertaker WrestleMania fucking matches. But that's besides the point. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I don't know. I have my own opinions on those matches. Anyway, we will, we will go. We'll, we're not going to go down that road. I had to deal with. I had to deal with. Uh, be, we'll be here for another four hours on that one. Exactly. Which is about the length of those matches. <laughs> I'm not eating my Brussels sprouts. Yeah. No. Um, listen, I had to sit. Okay. I was on a pay-per-view. A pay-per-view. I was on a podcast. I wish I was on a pay-per-view. I was on a podcast. Okay. With Will from Texas and and uh, and uh, Mr. Hales, uh, who are two of the biggest Triple H haters on the planet. True. And they invited me on a pay-per-view. A pay-per-view. On a podcast to uh to argue his merits so if i had the guts to do that i think i deserve a, just a little bit of credit uh but anyway uh so 20 years for impact it's pretty great and i'm telling you p you would have a blast doing the tna pay-per-view recaps with us because we have a great time just totally ridiculing stuff and we find some diamonds in the rough because you got to remember pete 0203 and, and nate knows this 02 and 03 x division is pretty fucking good it's really good. Yeah. Everything else is, is shit because you have like Vader and fucking just a bunch of other slop at the top of the card. But and, and you know, the, the Vince Russo SEX, which is really fucking awful. But um, but uh, the X Division in 02 and 03 is, is pretty great. But anyway, um, so the other big wrestling news uh, this week is, of course, uh, the press conference that took place yesterday. If you're listening to this. When the show drops on Friday, yesterday, they had the big press conference announcing the Ric Flair's last match, I guess weekend, uh, <laughs> Jim Crockett Promotions, which I didn't realize was still a thing. Uh, David Crockett was at the, somebody, somebody saw Jim, David Crockett at the table and said, my God, Conrad got old. <laughs> that was, I, I can't remember who that was, but that was fucking great. That was that was tremendous. Anyway, um, so that's taking place the day after uh, SummerSlam. It is Sunday, July 31st uh, from the uh, Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, the old auditorium. Um, right now, there's two that's matches set up from when they were doing it from the fairgrounds. That's huge. That is true. At least they're not having to smell the manure or the mulch. Well, it um, means they're drawing money. I mean, it's obviously they're open. They're going bigger. I'm assuming their ticket sales have been done done pretty good, then, huh? Yeah, I would think so. For I mean, a couple of our guys are going. Our PTV guys are going. Uh, I mean, two matches were, and there are like four thousand people. You assume it's. I mean, ticket sales have got to be going. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, obviously WWF did pay per views there. What they do in your house too in '95, yeah. you know, and they did a couple of others there. So they probably seats like what ten maybe nine. Yeah, I mean, it just shocked so, me that a flare match in fucking 2022 could draw ten grand or whatever, you know, ten thousand. Right. Right. 
So interesting. Two matches were announced uh, during the press conference. Uh, we just talked about Josh Alexander. He'll be actually be defending the Impact World Title at this show against Jacob Fatu, which is interesting. And in a uh, a tag match, this is kicking it old school, guys. The Motor City Machine Guns, Mr. Shelley, Mr. Saban, taking on the Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. So we got a more little, little impact uh, heavy first two matches. The big question is who will Ric Flair wrestle? Uh, really, he should be wrestling nobody because he might die. But uh, he's going to wrestle somebody. Some people think it's Jay Lethal. Some people think it's uh, <laughs> wants it to be Trevor Murdoch and Flair win the NWA world title, which I would just lose my fucking marbles if that happened. I'd lose my shit um, over that one. It ain't happening. That was fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Sean Kidd is like selling a kidney to have, for that to happen. <laughs> As if you listen to our, uh, if you listen to the NWA Saturday and Crock and Roll, uh, you know how much uh, <laughs> Sean Kidd's lack of love for uh, Trevor Murdoch. But anyway, um, Fight TV is has multiple tiers for this, guys. Okay, uh, if you want just the paper, just the wrestling show, it's thirty five. They're doing a roast the night before. That's I think sixty. Or the show and the roast. The show and the roast is a hundred. So the roast is you can fucking get the sixty. Sh- yeah, the roast is sixty. <laughs> the pay per view is thirty five. Fucking kidding show- No, and both things are a hundred. I looked this up today. I wanted to make sure I got the prices right before mm. we came on tonight. And if you want the pay, if you get the pay per view, the wrestling show, the wrestling part, the roast. And you get a plaque with a piece of the robe that Flair will be wearing that night. <laughs> it's 200 bucks. <laughs> that, you know what? Uh, for some reason, I don't even think it's going to be the piece of the robe. I, I, I was just going to say, like, it's c- come on, guys. We talked earlier about Vince being on his carny, on his yeah. carny grind. Yeah. Like, there's no way Ric Flair is chopping up hit the, the pieces of his final robe that he's going to wear to sell to you. Come on now. Yeah. Nah. He it's going to be, be probably pieces. Robe. Yeah, but <laughs> who wants a piece of that? Ew. Gross. Please not the plane ride from hell robe. Um, <laughs> maybe, it'll be, maybe it's pieces. It might be pieces of the ring. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's pieces of the ring. But I thought I read somewhere it was this robe. It might be pieces of the ring. If, if Flair is going to sell um, his robe to anyone, it's going to be to Darius Rucker again. Like Darius yeah, exactly. Rucker will be walking around with this robe he bought from Ric Flair. Yeah, this is nuts. <laughs> or, I'm sure, I'm sure or, there'll be a robe that you get on that plaque, Scotty, but it won't yeah. be the robe. Yeah, exactly. Or, or. Nathaniel, it's going to be the robe is going to be bequeathed to one Cody Devontae Rhodes <laughs> for him to wear next year in Hollywood when he beats uh, Roman Reigns for the both championship. <laughs> Rick Flair was, my, was my Papa's best friend. <laughs> Son, if you get a chance to wear Rick Flair's robe, there's no Ottoman thieves in the first place. You tell that son of a bitch he gave me a hard time. So, uh, anyway. Cody will be in the ring. Ric Flair gave this to me on his deathbed, and Flair will be like, I'm, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. That was, another that was fucking, supposed to be Pass me another kettle one and cranberry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Oh, sorry. That was that's the that's the if this happens promo. It's kind of like when A and E has the uh, as the uh, the uh, bio- A and E biographies for guys that died. They do like the end cap, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to add. Anyway, so yeah, Rick Flair. Would you get this promo? Would be him talking about it. And money owes the IRS or something. <laughs> <laughs> and all, and all of his alimony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that too. Uh, uh, all right. So let me ask you this, guys. Uh, Nate, what would it, don't worry about, I mean, forget the roast and the fucking plaque and all that shit. Let's just talk to pay-per-view. What, who would Flair have to face or what would the match have to be for you to buy it? I know the answer. Honestly, like like, outside of Sting and even Sting, I don't know if I'm paying to see it because here's the thing, like Ric Flair. That's your boy. Yeah, we, t- we talked about this on the show, Scott. Like Ric Flair to this day is still my number one wrestler of all time. Like regardless of some questionable moves in his personal life, like bell to bell, he is still my favorite performer of all time. And I don't want to see this, man. Like, uh, like you, you have to learn at some time, Pete, that father time is undefeated. Agreed. And I like Ric Flair is like, I thought it was sad at points in TNA where he was still going out there and, and, and bumping. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to see it, man. Like, I'm, I'm not here for it. I don't want to watch the roast. I'm not paying like good on Rick and Conrad and the, and the crew for, for making a buck off of this, but it's not something, even if they were, were able to get sting for one night only, I'm not, I'm not paying for it. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm not paying for it. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, the only guy I'd want to see him work again is Steamboat, and that's not happening. Mm. Um, they're going to do it. My guess is they're going to be doing it six-man. I'm guessing Flair with FTR, mm-hmm. maybe against the Rock and Roll Express and maybe Sting. I mean, that might be interesting, but it would still may not be good. I mean, I just don't. He honestly should have just ended his career with that match against Sean in Orlando. And well, be done well with it. he wrestled Hogan after that, so we've already he did, that and that was one. and that was dumb, <laughs> and that was fucking dumb. Regardless of how much yeah. that stupid Australia show was, that was dumb. Um, he oh, should have just. What if it's, what if it's Terry? What if Terry comes back for one last one yeah, last dance right. with the nature boy? Oh, God. <laughs> Rick Flair's yeah, last match. Hogan, Hogan ain't lying down for Flair's fucking retirement match. Exactly. No. exactly. <laughs> That's not gonna work for me, brother. Yeah, brother. Yeah, sorry. Unless you die, and in that case, I'll still have to cover you, brother. <laughs> I, I owe you for that uncensored uh, loss. You know, you know? <laughs> the WrestleMania eight that never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just we'll see how the the card obviously shapes up. We have a month. The card. Like, this shape is the up. type of thing. Like, I, and I've seen some people compare it online to Jordan and the Wizards, but I would I would say that there's a big difference. Because even on the Wizards, as diminished as Michael was, he was still like a top 25, top 30 player those last Wizard seasons. Like, he was still productive. Flair, like, I don't want to see it, man. Like, I do not want to see it, A, in the fact that, like, we're joking, but there's a chance he could seriously hurt himself and or die uh, in this match. But also, I'm good. Like, if my, like, my memories right now of Ric Flair are, on Peacock, like that's what I—that's when when I want to see a Flair match, I'll turn that on. I'll turn on Flair and Steamboat. I'll turn on Flair and Sting. I'll turn on, you know, Flair and Dusty. 
I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to see this Ric Flair at this age going out there on his last hurrah. Like, it, like honestly, Not this should have been something he did a decade ago, Pete. Like, if if he didn't want yep. the Sean match to be his last match, that's okay. That's fine. I get it. But yeah. you can still do this retirement tour and do it like a decade ago when it still might have had some juice behind it. Whereas right now, I think a lot of people are just, if they're going to tune in, it's either because you're so in the tank for Ric Flair that you're going to support him any way you can, or right. you want to see the car crash. You want to see the spectacle of this yeah. old man in this match. If I was in town, I'd actually go to the show, but I'm not going to mm. buy it at home. I just That's just ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and Flair's different. Like Jerry Lawler, you know, he can mm-hmm. work around. He can throw a good punch. He can take yes. a bump. And he'll talk on the mic and be able to work 15, 20 minutes. It's, uh, Flair can work the mic, but don't get me wrong, but he's not. that's not his style. He's always been the work rate guy who mm-hmm. takes big bumps and, you know, the 60-minute man. I just, you know, it's not it's 2022, man. It's not that's not – it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna. He's not gonna. Ha- it's it's gonna be disappointing and then and, and just sad. Yep. yep, I agree. You actually, you, know, you brought up Michael Jordan and the Wizards. He reminds me. It's more like Mini. Who was it? Mini Mimoso. Uh, what was his name for the White Sox? Played Mini Mimoso. Decades yep. or whatever the hell he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he ends up being a pinch hitter. So that's what it. What's gonna boil down here? Rick Flair's gonna be Rusty Staub for the Mets back in the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I enjoyed a good uh, pinch hit from uh, from Rusty. Uh, couldn't so, run the bases. No, he couldn't at that point. He couldn't run the bases in the seventies either. But uh, so, all right, guys. So we all we are all going to assume. I mean, we'll keep an eye on as the uh, you know as the card is filled, and maybe on our next episode in a couple weeks, um, maybe the the card will fill out you know a little bit more. Um, all right. Oh, well, so, well, I just I just realized what the main event is going to be, Scott. Uh oh. David Flair finally comes out of retirement <laughs> to put his old man down. Oh, God. SEX, baby. Former TNA superstar David Flair. <laughs> oh, that's fit. That's, that's tremendous. Um, Oh my god, that's funny. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to post a. Uh, I think that might be our Twitter poll on PTB uh, at, at PTBN Wrestling. Who would you like to see mm-hmm. as? Who would you like to see as uh, uh, Ric Flair's opponent at his pay per view? That's that's what that's what will be our. So we'll put it up for the weekend, and then uh, let us know what you think. Who should be? Ric Flair's opponent at his final match pay-per-view. So yeah, let me look here. So I have, I have, uh, I have, uh, um, uh, fight TV up right now. So let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh, free more. Let me see here. Uh, my categories. Let's see. Um, see if it's up here yet. Uh-huh. See all. Okay. Um, take a look here, because I'm guessing that it's probably going to be. I think it's a piece of the ring. That's what I think it is. It probably isn't the the. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, rip off. I mean, shit. Yeah. No, it is a rip off. No, like he's uh, autographing the damn canvas for you or whatever. You know. All right. So. 
All right. So the roast. The Ric Flair last match. All right. So the. All right. So here it is. So. Here's the. uh, All right. Here we go. So you get. Uh. The best pro wrestling fight from July 29th. Ric Flair's last. You can watch every Starcast. You get every Starcast show. So all of the you do get all of the uh, panels, I guess. The Ric Flair's last match, pay per view, the roast, and something more. Yep, I was right. Yep, you will have a piece of the event in your home because with this bundle, you receive exclusive ring used canvas piece mm. in a commemorative limited edition plaque. So you get all mm. that. All that for one ninety nine ninety nine. So you get, so you get, <laughs> so you get the roast, you get the pay per view, you get a piece of the ring, and you get all the Starcast uh, panels. I still think it's a ripoff. <laughs> to be honest, it sounds like one of those old infomercials. You get the pot, <laughs> get the ten knives. That's you right. Get yeah. the, you know, it's like. But wait, Pete, there's more. If you call and order this before <laughs> yeah. this show ends, you'll also get a piece of the canvas with Ric Flair's blood on it. Probably. <laughs> and you will get the empty solo cup that had his last kettle and cranberry. So. <laughs> oh God! All right, so. We had a couple of uh, we had a couple of uh, Twitter questions. Uh, let's see. So we talked about okay, actually, uh, before we dive into that. Just yeah. Brought up Fight TV. I I watched the uh, Triple Mania uh, from Tijuana uh, from AAA, and my God, the audio on the Fight TV was so bad on that show. I, I mean, I'm a guy who like when I'm watching my wrestling, I'm not a guy who throws it on mute. Because I want to hear what's going on. I got the Spanish version. Right. Because I grew up watching. Uh, my lucha was always in Spanish. I don't need to hear the English. But my God, I mean, there's. I, I saw it online. People were talking about one match. Like this was like a match of the year candidate. I've probably seen between four and five stars. But I couldn't hear the crowd. And it's like I, I like to hear the crowd when I'm watching wrestling. Um, so Triple A. I don't know if it's fight problem or Triple A's problem. I'm assuming it's Triple A's problem. They need to get that shit fixed because they want to get people to watch their product. But if you're you listen, if you're watching it and you don't hear the hear the crowd, it ruins my it ruins my everything about watching wrestling for me. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it, no. I will say uh, without you know, technically for these aside, it was a good show, long show, like an AEW like four and a half hour show. Um, but they had that really good six man that I was talking about. Uh, it's not my style, but I can totally see where all the the kids are going for it because there's shit ton of high spots. You know, I had Ray Phoenix, El Hio, Bikingo, uh, uh, who's might be the best high fly around. Uh, they had Laredo Kid, Black Tarus, who I think is one of the best workers around. Um, who else is in there? Bandito and uh, it might be one other person. Um, a really fun match, but my favorite match of the night was uh, Viana Four and Psycho Clown, and these guys were just beating the shit out of each other, just fucking stiff ass punches. And if you know the history, um, the Vianos uh, were a, a trio uh, in the '80s, and Psycho Clown was uh, uh, it's like uh, father was one of the Brazos, which is a famous feud in Mexico history. So. 
it had added into it, it had a lot going on. A really, really exciting match. Really great match. Along with some other stuff. But uh the show is definitely a thumbs up. But go on on the other stuff. I just want to tie into that fight TV because how bad the audio was on that show. That's weird because fights usually pretty good with their with their technical quality. Um, yeah, that's why I don't think it's fight. I think it's Triple A's part, uh, you know, because it was in Mexico, so I don't think fight was there. I think it's them. It just, it just, it was terrible. It just felt like it was on mute the whole entire. You could tell the crowd was into stuff, but you couldn't hear it. It was very odd. You just, it was, it was watching it in a vacuum in a way. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I when I watch like the NWA shows on on fight, like the pay per views and stuff, the crowd's usually pretty pretty hot. They usually do a pretty good job of that. So, yeah, it's probably AAA stuff. But I'm pretty um, sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Plus with all the what different, was, plus with all the different, um, you know, we have an English version, the, the the Hispanic version. So I'm sure there's all this shit going on. Yeah. Um. Like well, a lot of people are like more concerned about having the um, oh we got to hear the announcers. It's like, dude, let the action speak for itself. I, yes, announcing is important, but if, the, if, if you don't hear the crowd, it's like it gives a shit. Right, exactly. I agree with that too. Um, uh, so the one question it was actually a pretty good question. It's from at JP and Villa Gorilla, or is it JP Vanilla Gorilla? I think it's JP Vanilla Gorilla. He asks us, guys, good question here. If you could go back to 2002, which company would give you, would you give the AEW package to? TBS time slot, Tony Khan owning it, and a couple of stars jumping ship. So obviously what he's saying is, would you give all that to TNA or would you give all that to Ring of Honor? Because those were the two big promotions, obviously, that premiered in 2002. Um. It, you know, it's hard to answer because if you Tony Khan happened to him, yeah, right. And if Tony Khan ended up like being the guy in TNA, TNA would not have looked like it did in 2002 because Tony Khan would not have brought in all those fucking losers like, you know, fucking Brian Lawler and, and God rest his soul, a, a fucked up Scott Hall and all that. like Tony Khan would not have done that. He wouldn't have built TNA with um, that way. Jeff Jarrett and his dad built it that way. And would have, would have Ring of Honor have done well because they finally got on national TV, you know? Right, exactly. So I'm going to say ROH. I think I think ROH would have gotten it because that obviously Tony bought it. So, you know, but I think if this was 2002, I think um, I think Tony, I think it would have been I think it would have been uh, ROH that would have gone in that slot. And boy, would things have been very different. I think TNA would have still had its niche. But ROH, I think, with a national deal and money behind it and, you know, maybe guys jumping ship. I mean, could you imagine Kurt Angle in, in mid-2000s ROH? Mm. I mean, how wild or, or, or even just the, uh, you know, a lot of people can't get behind, like, Ring of Honor or a lot of indie shows because they don't have the, the, the bells and whistles that AEW or WWE have. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you give Ring of Honor you know, clean it up and, you know, polish it up, you know, it would be a lot better. I think a lot have been easier for people to digest or people get behind it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I think so. What do you think, Nate? I mean, ROH is a good answer. Um, I think, you know, maybe uh, TNA slash Impact with better with better creative uh, could be an interesting equation. I'm going to pull a bit of a swerve <gasps> and oh. say, you know what? Let's think outside the box. Let's okay. Let's let's you know wrestling is more than just North America, Pete. Wrestling is more than just North America, Scott. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this TV package. I'm going to take this deal. And a because I think the action is something that can that is going to be pushed forward uh, in in future years and decades to come. But also because I feel like there is a large demographic of the wrestling fandom that has not been served in respect to their numbers. And I'm, I'm going to take that money down south of the border, Scotty. And we're going to put triple A on TV. Oh, nice. And, 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 and really, cause you, if you think about it, like a lot of, you know, those guys that were popping in impact and popping in ROH at the time, you know, a good number of them did come from uh, Mexico. And so I'm like, you know what, let's team up with triple A Let's tap into the Latino fan base and others that would be interested in this style of pro wrestling. And let's put mm-hmm. some money behind it and really see how far we can take it. Cause I, I think like the that. only, I like, that a lot. I like the closest it. we had Pete, I think to somebody really putting money behind a Lucha kind of product was um, uh, Lucha underground, but that was more niche. I think. Yeah, no, totally. There I is. actually thought, uh, I was like AAA when they started started in 91, 92. Mm. Um, I, I thought they were a lot like AEW where uh, the hardcores got real behind it on mm-hmm. TV and stuff. And you think about it, you look at like Eddie Guerrero, a megastar, Rey Mysterio, mm. megastar. I mean, Santo was always a star. Um, Conan, I thought, could have been a huge star in the U.S. I, 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 when he was with the Wolfpack. I thought he was getting more over than like Luger and Sting at, 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 po- at points um, with, with with it, and uh, I, I actually like that. I like that. I like that POV completely, Nate. I love that actually. Mm. How about this, guys? What if, because we're talking Tony Khan here, who would have been a little proactive. What if Tony Khan bought WCW? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if Tony Khan bought I'm going to I'm going to go around Vanilla Gorilla's question there and what if Tony Khan bought WCW from Time Warner in 2001 instead of WWE mm. Mm. first of all we wouldn't have all the network stuff we wouldn't have had the invasion good that would be interesting <laughs> <laughs> I am curious on on how that would have gone without Triple H because he was perfectly fit for not being in that storyline. Um, you know, I, I could have done definitely could have lived without Stone Cold being part of the invasion. Um, yeah, that's true. So interesting. That's my take. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna think outside the box, and I think that uh, I think that um, that it would have been neat if uh, if. Uh, Tony Khan bought WCW. That would have been kind of wild. That yeah, be... yeah well, it would have been like 15. <laughs> I know. 12. Probably still had I the money. Was, I mean, I traded trades with the guy. I know. I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know? He's I mean, younger than know. me. I'm 49. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Crazy. 
So anyway, that was a good question. Thank you at Vanilla Gorilla. Oh, uh, we'll do. I think we're gonna do this more often, guys. I think I'll I'll make a bigger mm-hmm. window. I only did it the other day, but maybe our next episode I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it at the beginning of the week and give people a few days. But I kind of yeah. like this. I'll, I'm gonna post it on Twitter at my at my on my Twitter at Scott C Podfather, and I will uh, and I'll I want people to give us questions. Give us anything you want. Current wrestling. If you want to talk classic wrestling, fine. Um, you know. Your favorite number 90, whatever the next, well, next episode will be 98, 198. So your favorite 98. Um, so there we go. Uh, Nathaniel, tell us about all of the deliciously awesome things going over on the uh, Kings of Sport Patreon. Yes, you can check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Uh, five bucks gets you in the door if you want to be a VIP like Scott or Steve Willie. Uh, you can pay a little more. I won't stop you. Uh, But we've got over 200 hours of audio and video up there talking sports, wrestling, politics, pop culture. we got some MCU reviews. We've got a live Hamilton watch along. We've got a a review of Peacemaker, which is up now. And the 300th episode of the podcast Mm -hmm. uh, will be up shortly. So you can check that out at patreon.com backslash the kings of sport. Uh, In addition to that, uh, if you want to hear me go a little bit more in depth, Talking about Vince McMahon, I was on post Friday, and I was also on post wrestling uh, this past Tuesday, uh, talking about the Vince McMahon story, and uh, also talking a little bit about TNA in honor of its 20th anniversary. So you can check out both of those over at Post Wrestling. Have you ever thought about doing a Hamilton sing-along? Mm, I would, but I don't want to get sued by Lin Manuel Miranda. That's yeah, not, yeah, you know, definitely. That's not where I'm trying to go, Pete. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thank you, Nathaniel. Pete, what do you got going on? Um, I'm doing an Obi Wan Kenobi podcast right now. Uh, we had the, oh. the final episode. Um, oh, I've enjoyed the show point. so far. I still need to watch the last episode, but I've enjoyed it, Pete. Oh, Give so me, man, I, I really, I loved it. Um, so did I. Know, some people seem like they like hate watched it, and, mm. and I'm a big Star Wars nuts. And I, actually, Obi Wan Kenobi was my all time favorite character. Um, oh. So I, I loved it. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah. So if you guys want to listen to us and listen to me and my buddy Travis, we're on the uh, Pwom Network or whatever the fuck that's called. Uh, <laughs> it's a fucking weird. Um, uh, they, they didn't consult me on the name change. Uh, so, um, <laughs> or at least I didn't sign off on it, but whatever. Um, mm. So there, there we go. And follow me at Titans of Wrestling on Twitter. Pwam. Mm. Now there's a name I haven't heard for in quite some time. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, all right. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Scott C. Podfather, as most, yep. most of you know. Please follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. Um, that's going to have a poll. Uh, I'll, I'll use my Twitter to do the uh, main event questions. But uh, on our Twitter, you should see a poll up. Who should Ric mm. Flair wrestle in his mat in his final match on Sunday, July 31st? And I'll put I'll put maybe I'll put four answers up and we'll see what we get. Um, we had a good week, uh, this week, of course, back on Monday, we had the newest episode of the place to be podcast myself and, uh, uh, and, uh, Jr. and Tim Taylor. We did uh, WrestleMania 24. Speaking of Ric Flair's last match, which it should have been, uh, coming up this week, we'll have a busy week. We'll have a new episode of through the looking glass myself and Dave Hall 
uh, we have a great topic, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be a great show this week. Also, new episode of Highway to the Impact Zone, new episode of NWA Crock and Roll. And, of course, every Saturday, uh, the NWA Saturday special with myself and the doctor, Dr. G. George Rubolino, uh, as we continue getting through your NWA fix. That'll just about wrap it up for this uh, for this week's episode. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Your support is greatly appreciated. It definitely warms my heart. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, based on the calendar, we will preview Money in the Bank and see what kind of sloppy shit show that's going to be. We'll talk about we'll talk about the ramifications or the shall we say the backlash, no pun intended, of uh, the Forbidden Door pay per view and see where AEW goes from there as they start their summer going towards uh, All Out in September. And uh, Impact, uh, ROH, and anything else that strikes our fancy. So, for Brother Pete, for Brother Nate, I'm Brother Scott. You've been in the main event, and have a great two weeks. Hey, Scott Criscola. I hope I don't. Please, please look. Please look. Yes, Nate Milton. You know, I I was going to bring something up, Scott, but you know what? Show's gone long enough. Let's just close that forbidden door. I'm going to go drink my kettle and cranberry. Rick! You're going down, down, down. Just come and smooth. Watch me do what I do. 